The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome into another Tuesday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, Haley Sutton, Aisha Morrison, Jess Navarez. Uh, before we dive into this, I want to give a huge shout out as we get started to my girl, Jess. Oh. Naturally, I sound terrible. I, I got hit with the flu on Christmas Day, so it has been a miserable week to say the least. And then my flu morphed into laryngitis, so I am recovering from laryngitis. And Jess, last minute, y'all, last minute I text her and I'm like... We need someone to do the flashback show on Monday. Can you get up here and do it? Just did flashback. She crushed it, y'all. It aired on Bally yesterday. We're getting it up on YouTube, so go check it out. Thanks, and then, Bailey. and then, y'all, it gets better. Oh yeah. <laughs> then five, or I guess it was more like a couple hours before. We needed someone else to also do press conference live, and I said, Jess, no pressure. Uh, do you want to do this? And Jess was like, Psh, when and where? I'll do it. She crushed that. Mickey had very nice things to say oh, about your show yesterday. Mickey, so, he was so nice. Jazzy, cue the applause Thank for you. Jess Navarez so stepping in, Thanks, guys. pinch hitting. So happy to would, have oh. someone step in while I'm. Oh, well, I would like to just say thank you. <laughs> like it is it is so amazing to work with with people and, and you specifically that is just has this energy that always wants to see other people to succeed and thrive. And it's not there's not a lot of people in this world that think that success can go any which way. There's a lot of selfish people that want the success for only themselves. So nah. you set other people up for success. <laughs> Me, I've experienced it. Aisha's experienced it. Everybody that comes in contact with you experiences it. So we love you, Haley. Aww, and you guys. And her Starting voice sounds so good today. <laughs> like, I just want to say, yesterday. Yesterday, I was like this. She called me and I was like, is that Haley? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that when she came in here. I I was know. Like, when, she, when I answered her phone call yesterday, I was like, hello? Is it you? <laughs> I didn't know it was, that was really It was you. like the ghost of me. So, yeah, it's been it's been, a, it's been a rough week. But I appreciate Jess stepping in. Kyle has stepped in a couple of times to do it. So it's obviously a team effort. Uh, but I wouldn't be here with without you guys. So really excited to get back on track. Really excited to talk a little bit of Cowboys. Uh, unfortunately, we kind of have to shift the uh, energy um, just to kind of stay up to date with everything that's been happening with Bill's safety, Damar Hamlin. It's obviously something that we've been watching all day long. Uh, all the media outlets are speaking about it, and rightfully so. Uh, so I do want to start our segment off just by saying, number one, like we are wishing the best. Uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say I was glued to Twitter, glued to all of the major outlets last night, you know, just praying for an update, praying that this young man was okay. Uh, so really scary stuff that I kind of just want us to round table talk. Before we get into that, though, I want to read the very latest on him. Uh, it's actually interesting. It's up on NFL Network right now as well. The family has released a statement. Uh, the NFL also released a statement about the game that it will not be rescheduled. There's no decision, according to the NFL, regarding the possible resumption of a game at a later date. That, of course, though, is not the story. The story is Damar Hamlin, this guy who is really fighting for his life, went into cardiac arrest. Uh, had to be resuscitated on the field. And I I can't imagine what those guys on the field experienced yesterday. I can't imagine what anyone at that game experienced yesterday. And it's one of those things uh, that really makes you put everything in perspective. Yeah, definitely took a step back and 
reevaluate it. Just I think it gives everyone an opportunity to kind of reevaluate how we look at this game. I will say on this here podcast, this one right here, <laughs> we constantly harp how much these gentlemen are human and how important their lives after this game are and, and things of that nature. So um, to see the overwhel- overwhelming response to what's happening is a lot of reflection. And um, it was it was definitely scary. Me and Jess were talking about it this morning. Yeah, I think um, it's a, a realization that nobody ever wants to have in that way, that these players are human. And it's something that we say day to day, but you really don't understand the magnitude of that until something like this happens. And this tragedy, you know, it, it's what it is. It's, it's tragic for him. It's tragic for everybody that had to be there and, and see their brother, their teammate, their son um, in, in that state on the field. And I just can't stress it enough that, you know, going forward, I hope that everybody keeps that same mindset with these players. Mm -hmm. They are human all the time, whether they're playing football, whether they're driving, whether they're doing anything, they are human. And um, I I think the one thing that has come out of this that just speaks volumes is the amount of generosity of people donating to um, his toy drive. Last I checked, it was at three million. Yeah, I I I was keeping up with it throughout the day, and, and once I it kind of crossed that three now, million, right? yeah, yeah, it's incredible, really, just to see how a community can rally together in that regard. I want to read the update from his family, and I wanted to say too, before I read this, this is one of those situations. It reminded me a lot of when the helicopter crash with Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant happened, mm. and so many people were pulling the trigger and trying to report what was happening. So I really have been doing my best just to make sure that. The information that I'm retaining Absolutely. and yep. sharing is coming from, yep. you know, direct sources. This is the statement that came from the family of Demar Hamlin. It reads, on behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to Demar during this challenging time. We are deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from fans across the country. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and healthcare professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center who have provided exceptional exceptional care to Damar. We feel so blessed to be a part of the Buffalo Bills organization and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion mean the word world to us. They ended it with saying, please keep Damar in your prayers. We'll release updates as soon as we have them. Of course, the last update we got is that he was in critical condition. Uh, he has had a Intubator put in to help him breathe, but he did suffer uh, cardiac arrest on the field yesterday. So it it really just puts a lot into perspective. I was really, really proud of the guys this morning on Talking Cowboys because I feel like this is one of those situations that is so incredibly hard to navigate. I was talking to Marcel, my boyfriend, last night, and and one of the things we talked about is like this business is so fun until it's not. Mm, and yeah. and the reason why we all get into sports is is to cover the fun stuff, to cover the games, to get to know these players, to share their stories. And I thought, you know, obviously last night the ESPN crew did incredible. That yes. is a situation yep. that was unprecedented and, yep. and they navigated it very well. Uh, specifically Lisa Salters, who was on yes. the ground reporting. Yes. You want to talk about a role model. That was <laughs> Lisa it. Salters 
did it. Yep. Uh, Scott Van Pelt did a magnificent Ryan job. Clark. Ryan Clark, uh, Booger, McFarlane, that whole crew, Susie yep. and uh, Adam Schefter. So really hats off to them. But I thought in-house, and this is only because I listened to the Talking Cowboys podcast this morning, I thought Patrick and Kyle and Isaiah did such a phenomenal job of carrying on that same energy of, of talking about the emotions of it. Isaiah sharing a lot of personal stuff. Patrick really sharing some emotional stuff. And Kyle navigating that conversation. I thought that everyone has done a really good job speaking today, but that one really stood out. Um, so it, it's it's difficult. It's one of those things in sports that you never want to see. As we mentioned, it's unprecedented, but we obviously extend our thoughts, our prayers, our condolences to Hamlin, to his family. Uh, I'll close it out with whatever you guys, if you guys want to add anything else, and then we'll take our first break and transition into Cowboys. Yeah, I just want to say we're all better when we come together. And I think the amount of prayers and love that is just being sent to DeMar through Twitter, even online, um, through media outlets, is just so incredible to see. And it's powerful, y'all. When people come together and do not separate and they come together for a, a bigger purpose than themselves, in this case, it's, you know, somebody's life that could have been, you know, tragically taken away doing something he loved and um, in that fashion just so suddenly just hug somebody you love today tell them you love them um, never take any moment for granted you just unfortunately never know what can happen yeah and lastly I just wanted to add that I know the NFL has come out and even talked about doing going above and beyond for the mental mental health care of uh, every NFL team um, if you have players that are affected or have were affected by what they see they saw obviously the Bills players and the Bengals players that were there on site that had to witness that um, I've personally seen uh, obviously being a service member just seeing something similar in those in those ways and understanding that in those moments they stick with you like it sticks with you and so I just think it's important that the NFL has offered that and that these guys, if you do need help, that you reach out, that you reach out. And it's okay to reach out in this situation. And I just wanted to say that. Yeah. And and I know, like you said, a lot of outlets have provided those resources uh, online to uh, the players who need it. And I also I know you touched on this, that we speak a lot about the players on this podcast and how this is a player's first uh, business. It it should be. That's how we treat it. Uh, But I think it's important to note as we wrap up that – it's times like this where you really appreciate a Mike McCarthy who, you know, has done so much for, you know, how he takes care of his players. We obviously didn't get a chance to speak to him today. I imagine, you know, we'll hear a little bit tomorrow just on his thoughts if he speaks. But uh, it's just one of those times where you appreciate the, the Mike McCarthy's, the Zach Taylor's, uh, the Sean McDermott's who really stopped and they said no, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. I think that that is, is very important. I think it's really good that everyone is having these conversations, just like you said. So again, we will continue to think of Damar. We will continue to stay updated and keep you guys up to the minute on that. But we just wanted to open the show and just talk a little bit about the importance of these players being people first. With that being said, we're going to talk about the Cowboys players on the other side of the break. We're going to talk a little bit of that Titans game since it's been such a long time since we've seen it and a possible clinching of the NFC East. We will discuss the scenarios when we return on Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw Dating. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 
All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Girls Talk, good Lord. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to pass it over to Jess immediately. Girl, I got you. <laughs> Let's talk NFL fan of the year because, because oh my goodness, James Wright is your 2022 Cowboys fan of the year. James brings the spice to every Dallas Cowboys game and now needs your help to bring him to the Super Bowl. Vote for James to be the ultimate title of the NFL fan of the year presented by Captain Morgan by casting your vote at NFL.com slash fan of the year go help our guy james out yeah he's he's a great guy i've never met him but i've seen all the videos of him he is uh he looks fun you good huh did you just squeak i got chills she was she, the thought of james winning fan of the year oh, gave her chills she that's was like that. yeah that's electrifying you know nah, I, I got cold <laughs> oh goodness uh let's talk a little dallas cowboys because i feel like we haven't had an opportunity to talk dallas cowboys it's been so long since this team has taken the field it's really been you know we had a, an abbreviated locker room yesterday but not a ton of availability but we will get into who was in there in a minute but as we know the cowboys are officially 12 and 4 after beating tennessee 27 to 13 on Thursday night football. It wasn't a pretty game, guys. Like, we we know. We know the interceptions are still happening. We know that the defense is still trying to figure it out. Uh, but there were a lot of positives coming from that game. The big one is that the NFC East is still wide open, thanks to the, uh, the, the Eagles. The Eagles decided they wanted to make this one fun. They didn't want to take the easy route, <laughs> yeah, which, that's fine. fine. It's fine. <laughs> like, whatever. It's fine. Uh, they lost to the Saints on Sunday. Uh, so, I, I was, it was so funny. I was in Nick's office kind of chatting about this earlier just talking about the scenarios in which uh, the Cowboys can win so as it stands right now Philadelphia is in first place of the East at 13 and 3 Dallas is in second at 12 and 4 and as we know the Giants are at 9 and 6 and 1 all three of those teams are in the playoffs the Commanders however are not they are out 7 8 and 1 but I imagine this will still be a pretty competitive game for them coming up on Sunday so just a lot to talk about from that Thursday night game in particular. Uh, there were, like I said, there were a lot of positives. Mm -hmm. Cowboys won. The defense, I feel like, is the kind of figuring really out. Yeah. yeah, but I just want to open up the floor to you guys. What it's been a minute, but but what stands out to you about that Tennessee game? You know, with that twenty-seven thirteen win. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Mother. Oh, I guess. Oh, okay. Sorry, somebody <laughs> passed by and it was like squirrel. Um, 
sorry. What stood out to me was, you know, I think when it comes to style points, like everybody keeps referencing for this game, what does it matter? A win is a win is a win is a win is a win. The Cowboys went out there. Was it pretty? No. But y'all, if you were playing three games in 12 days, would you go out there and win for style points? No. Those guys had been going and going and going for 12 days straight. And yes, we talk about the physical part of playing those games, but the mental part of having to change your game plan three times in a row mm -hmm. to sit there and, oh, I have to go after this guy. Oh, wait, no, uh, the next game's here, this guy. Three games in 12 days, that's a lot for these guys. And so I was just happy to see them pull off the win, um, you know, and, and keep their potential taking over the NFC East dreams alive. I mean, really, that's they had one job. It was to go out there and win, and they've been doing that. So anytime you have a team that can win 12 games in the season, back it's to impressive. Back seasons. It, it's impressive. Since 1994 and 1995, that's the last time that the Cowboys did that. But um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm happy for them. I think they deserved this mini buy, if you will. No, oh, absolutely. And I wanted to add on to what you said in regard to uh, just how much it was for them like game planning wise um Dobbs wasn't listed as the starter until that day so just having to prepare for multiple quarterbacks and stuff like hopefully that pays dividends to them late for them later but two positives I took from this game uh defensively I heard Dan Quinn talk about it yesterday in his in his press conference is that he feels that he's starting to get a better better handle on that secondary rotation which looks like it's going to be Trayvon Diggs uh Nishan Wright and or and or Deron Bland and so that rotation getting some st some steadiness them been getting better in communication is going to be very important moving forward because you're going to be going against some of these great quarterbacks but then also on the defensive side of the ball I really felt like the D-line's energy specifically Tank and Bo and those guys um, you could tell that they're they were just up for this game. And at, even though as the game went on, you could see some of the wear set in, I was still pleased with the energy from the defense moving forward. And offensively, they can pass the ball when they need to. And that's a big deal. Like this last couple of games, Kellen Moore has shown that if the run game is not completely there, they're not afraid for Dak to go beat you in that way. And even though we don't want that consistently, just there are potential situations that you're going to run into in the playoffs where you're going to have to do that. And moving forward, I think that's healthy. Yeah. I want to stick with the defense because I think that it has been, I know for me it's been really frustrating and I try not to listen to the outside noise, very similar to like how the players talk. But it's been very frustrating just to, you know, when you think about where this team started defensively and where they've mm -hmm. kind of gone, I, I know that there's no excuses in the grand scheme of things because football is football. Everybody's tough and everybody's dealing with their own personal issues within their franchise. But when you think about what this defense has been through, I mean, you lost Jordan Lewis. You lost Anthony Brown. The, I mean, the injuries have just racked up and racked up and racked up everywhere across the board. Leighton Vander Esch, we didn't know how important Leighton Vander Esch was mm -hmm. until we lost him. And now all of a sudden it's like, we need Leighton Vander Esch back. Jonathan Hankins. Yeah, Jonathan Hankins Anthony has Barton been out. Anthony, like, I mean, you could just go on and on and on about mm -hmm. the guys who have been out. And sure, like, have they been elite the way they were at the beginning of the season? No, I think it's fair to say that. But but what drives me nuts, and again, like it's all about like not listening to the outside noise, but yeah. what drives me nuts is like you have to be able to look at the now and you have to be able to recognize like this is what this team is doing with what they have. And a player who, and you're going to love this, a player who I have been really impressed with uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've tried to subtly tweet about it, but Donovan Wilson, to mm -hmm. me, is the MVP of this defense, without a doubt. I am upset 
that he is not a pro bowler this year. I am upset that he is not getting more attention than what he has because that man, the way he plays back there, yeah. he's like a linebacker, but not. Yeah. You know what is. I mean? That's what, that's, yeah. what he, that's what he is. And, the, the, uh, yeah, and it's, just, it's just insane when you think about the numbers that he's putting up. Like I was looking at him this week and what he did, and he had a sack for a loss of five yards, a QB hurry, and a TFL. Mm-hmm. Donovan Wilson. Like, this yeah. is not Demarcus Lawrence who we're talking about. This is not Micah Parsons. This is Donovan Wilson. It's his fifth run. That you're talking about. His, his fifth one. His yes. Fifth yeah. one, right? His fifth. Yeah. His fifth sack this year. Uh, he leads the NFL in safeties with sacks this year. Also tied with Bill Bates for the most sacks in a season by a Cowboys safety since 1982. So the things that he's being able to do at that safety position is such a luxury because I'm not really sure that there's a guy playing – the way he's playing oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. How much of a luxury is he? You know what I mean? Oh no, yeah, he's a he's a luxury just in general, the safeties and what in the way that Dan Quinn is able to use them, but Donovan in particular and what he does in the box and helping stop the run, but really just he sets the tone in such a way earlier in games when he comes down and he's thumping people, it's like, okay, everybody has to play like that. And I think that Dan Quinn said that he's like the thermostat and that's yeah. clear but yeah. for Donovan and I, I'm actually very happy for him because staying healthy has been the thing for him and he's stayed healthy this season and contributed and I want to say this is the first season he's been fully healthy in a very long time and being on the field has allowed him to show people what he's capable of and for people to see who he is this is a big year for him this is a big year for him moving forward and I'm glad that Dan Quinn was able to get in here and utilize him in all the ways that I think a lot of us expected for him to be utilized when he was drafted yeah and just going through his stats from 2019 to 2022 again keep in mind there were some injuries here and there with all Mm -hmm. of that but the jump he has made in 2022 is so phenomenal so undeniable I mean 97 combined tackles this season so far and it's not even over we still have one more week of the regular season y'all and something I did want to mention was seven tackles for loss Donovan Wilson has been so key in making sure that those offenses are staying behind the chains because we've seen that when you have an offense in a first, second down situation, you can keep pushing them back and they have to go third and long. That is when this defense is so successful and they're thriving. Donovan Wilson has been an absolute beast uh, in that component of the defense right there. So flowers to Dono because, (laughs) oh my goodness, it's just, it's amazing to see these players take a jump and what they'll do when the culture is right for them and when things feel right for them and they're bought into it and they're just... They're feeling it. So Dono's a perfect example of that, I think. I agree. He's like a rocket. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's why I just said that's the best yeah. way to, to describe him. His speed, like, I don't know if his, like, running speed shows how fast he looks on on film. I would actually have to go back and look at, like, what his 40 was. But yeah. it just, when he's flying around, he looks faster than everybody else. He's our baby Cam Chancellor. I'm Googling his 40 time. Because so, I now I'm curious. oh I definitely want to know because some guys look fast on film and then some guys like just run fast or vice versa. Okay, here we go. Uh, oh, he did not run a forty at the combine. Oh, we telling his business. So there we go. <laughs> I know he did not run a forty. So oh, that's no. that. <laughs> Never mind. Well, he's fast. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> he's fast. Y'all well, exposing no, no, no. Donovan Wilson. Over <laughs> no, no, no. I am glad that you brought him up, though. I really am. I'm glad that you brought him up because yeah. he's helped so much in this run defense and trying to improve and get better and just having the versatility of him being able to come down in a big nickel um, is helped his defense. 
yeah. for the most part. Yeah. I think he's. I think he has been tremendous. I've also been incredibly impressed with uh, Nishan Wright. Yes. Back-to-back yes. weeks where he has led the team in solo tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to get that first interception, I think it's been really cool just to see his development. You know, he's been inactive on and off throughout the beginning of the season uh, and then stepping in when it mattered most. I think going into the game last week prior to the Titans, he was a little bit shaky, you know, just mm-hmm. trying to fig- find his footing. Uh, but I like how he finished, and I really enjoyed how he played last week. He just played with a lot of confidence. And you guys know I love when these guys are going out there and they play with a lot of confidence. So he gets his yep. first career interception. He also had two, BB- two pass breakups. So I think he is a really been a surprise He's a smart guy. Yeah. He's a smart guy. He's, it's, he's even made some plays like – clock management wise just keeping guys um out of bounds or keeping them from get out of bounds and stuff but he's just i i really like also too and this is something we've been seeing lately with deron bland and with nation right these guys are not afraid to come up and tackle in the run yeah and that's giving you a lot of support um nation even if he misses or something he's gonna come up he's gonna tackle he's physical and he played injured a lot of that game too i know christy talked to us mm-hmm. about it the other day but he did and for him to tough it out and finish you're gonna need him you're gonna yeah. need him and you're also gonna need him to be confident like you were just talking about and confident in what he's doing and he's seeming like the wheels are starting to turn for him a couple things i wanted to mention going back to donovan wilson real quick he is, in fact, a free agent at the end of the season. So, Ooh. say that out loud. Donovan Wilson <laughs> earning his uh, contract, it would seem. So, I just wanted to point that out. Um, Good I, point. I thought it for is. sure, I thought he was, but I wanted to double check before I spit in, spit out some facts. I don't <laughs> want to give y'all any incorrect uh, information on here. But uh, going back to Nation, right? I think what people don't realize about the cornerback position is how difficult that position is it's because hard. obviously you're going to give up yards. That is just the nature of the position, but. He has shown growth, and he's shown exponential growth in the last couple of weeks when really, I mean, there's no there's no other option for him. Mm. It was a real make-or-break type situation, and he's making it, and he's doing the best um, to his ability, and he's being impactful. So really all I can ask for a guy like Nashawn Wright who's stepping in there uh, in that position that desperately needed the help um, to make that defense have their – their fear back in them and and feeling and feeling fully confident. Um, I, I really respect what he's doing, and I'm excited to continue to see him growing. I think it's also important to note that the defense will hopefully be getting a boost in the next couple of games. The biggest one uh, standing out to me this upcoming Sunday is getting Leighton Van Der Esch back. Uh, he spoke in the locker room yesterday, and he has pretty much given himself a full go. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, good guy. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty confident that uh, he's ready to come back. Of course, he's been dealing with. With that uh, pinched nerve in his neck slash shoulder. So obviously, especially with someone who has dealt with neck and spinal injuries in the past, important to take the time uh, you need to recover for that. But he is pretty confident that he'll come back. And and kind of like I mentioned at the top of this, you know, you never realize sometimes how important some of these guys are because they're like quiet leaders. You know, I've been saying that yeah, about Demarcus is. Lawrence mm-hmm. for the last couple of games. You know, he's your he's your vocal leader on the yeah. defense to Marcus Lawrence's, but some of the stuff that he's been doing in the trenches has been really impressive. He might not be lighting up the stat sheet the way we're used to, but he's done some really impressive stuff. I feel the same way about Leighton Van Der Esch and the season that he was having, but I think you never wish injury on a player, but I think it took that injury for a lot of people to go like, wow, like he is actually incredibly necessary for the Cowboys defense. Yeah, he's so smart. Um, he's so, like uh, Leighton is such a smart player, a cerebral player, and getting guys lined up the right way. You know, even last this last game, I felt like he might have could have used them because the way that the way that um, 
the way that the Titans were lining up and, and doing stuff in their alignment and stuff, like you could have used the late and telling your guy to telling um, telling Bo to move over a little bit or angle a little better because he does that. Like he sees things before, and I am actually thrilled to see he and Damone Clark maybe get some opportunity with how well he reads plus Damone's speed could definitely um, help out with some of these edge runs and some of the stuff that people are doing to you. And I'm excited because they talked about earning the pass rush. Mm -hmm. And what you're starting to see is the Cowboys have gotten better with their run defense as of late, but if they can hamper down for sure and then put people in long passing Mm -hmm. positions, it could open up things even more so. Hoping for that run defense to get even better than what it's already improved to be because it's gotten better as the season's going on. And let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> I'm excited for Layton. You're like, pumping I, me up. Over. I'm, I'm like, yeah, let's people. get it. I was one of those people. <laughs> yeah, like, you're right, was, because yeah. you're like, you know, you don't recognize the impact that he's making until all of a sudden he's not there. And, I mean, I feel like that you can you can say that about a lot. Anthony Brown, I think, is another oh, example yeah. of that to where, like, Anthony Brown definitely didn't get enough credit until all nope. of a sudden it was, it was Kelvin Joseph or Bust for a minute, and then we were like. Terrence. <laughs> I mean, Terrence, too. I was like, yeah. Lord, not yeah. Terrence. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think as far as LVE, I mean, He is somebody that I think when the contract negotiations came up at the beginning of the season, everyone was so quick to be like, oh, a one year contract for LVE. Why? (laughs) You know, and this is why, because, again, you want to talk about another free agent, LVE. He is earning his next contract uh, this season with the amount of production that he has had with What's kind of jarring to me is comparing his 2018, his rookie season to now. I I feel like, you know, had this injury not occurred, he would have had similar stats at the end of the regular season, Um, which is interesting to say because he was already, let's see, he had 140 combined uh, combined tackles in 2018. He was at 90 pre-injury. So you're telling me with a few weeks that he was averaging as many tackles as he was, he would have been pretty close to his rookie season. He already was, uh, in 2018, he had two tackles for loss in uh, 2022. He had four already. Actually, had no sacks uh, in 2018. He had one so far this season. So I'm very excited for Leighton Vanderesh. I think when you see a player get a pulse like this again and kind of a newfound energy, I want to say that this new energy that Leighton has is even better than rookie season energy from Leighton Vanderesh, who was howling and had the whole stadium <laughs> howling back in 2018. But I love that. What I love what is that it's back. It's back. When Leighton was making plays at AT&T Stadium, people were howling again. And I love that for him. He deserves that. He deserves that spotlight from the fans. So go Leighton. I can't wait to see him come back. And uh, credit to the mentorship he's given Damone Clark because mm. uh, a lot of things that you're seeing from Damone Clark, Leighton Vanderish is still working with him behind the curtains here. And not only with the football mind, but the returning from injury kind of mindset mm-hmm. as well. And I think that's so important um, to give Leighton credit that, you know, Damone can kind of lean on him with that veteran leadership um, to navigate returning from an injury as, you know, severe as, as they had in the neck area um, there as well. So interesting stuff. Yeah. When I talked to uh, Damone, I did a feature with him uh, earlier in the season, and that was one of the things that he talked about was, you know, it was easy to confine in someone like Leighton because not only do they play the same position, but they have the same injury, a very similar way of finding out as well. So uh, that's always been something that I always think about. They kind of go in tandem. And you'll see it too. Like, I love whenever I'm editing some of these pieces and I get to go through and I get to look at all of the video that all of our team uh, shoots, like Alex when he's doing Sounds of the Sideline. And my favorite clips are always 
the ones where, um, again, Alex shoots these and they're on the bench and it's Leighton and Damone and they're sitting on the bench and the way that Leighton is like mentoring mm-hmm. and it's it's not like a, I'm the I'm the leader, I'm the older guy, like I'm telling you how it is. It's very much like Leighton is laid back, sharing his experiences with Damone and Damone's like, yeah. He's always intense. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. intense. Yeah, because he loves learning. And that's one of my favorite things about Damone too. Like for him to be a rookie, and to absorb the information that he has. He was on Cowboys Hour with us a couple of weeks ago, and I straight up asked him, I'm like, bro, like, what's your motivation? Like, what keeps you, you know, so locked in all the time? And he's like, well, I'm not at my best yet. Like, I'm not at my best. So, like, why would I not continue to learn and, and be the best I can be if I'm not at my best? Okay. And and I, I love that energy from Damone. I think that this defense has been banged up. They've really done the best with what they've had over the last couple of weeks. There's still some issues. I mean, they gave up uh, 317 total net yards to Tennessee Titans who weren't playing their starters. No Derrick Henry in that. We have to keep that as a factor when you, when you talk about that Tennessee Titans team. Uh, they had three turnovers. Um, the penalties were down, though. Three Love 35 that. yards. Yes. So the penalties were down. They only gave up 97 that. net rushing yards. So a lot of positives to talk about, but yep. uh, still some things to work on that I'm sure Dan Quinn is going to address later this week. Let's go ahead and take our second break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Cowboys' offense, what went well from them in that Titans game, and how they can improve going into the final game of the regular season. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to spend the last couple of minutes talking about the Cowboys' offense, but we're going to spend the next few seconds listening to Jess. Well, this is how we country. Country Music's Party of the Year is coming to the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. The Academy of Country Music Awards are always bringing you country music's biggest stars together under one roof, and no one does country like Texas. Yeehaw. Witness history on May 11th. Get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. I was dying to put that yeehaw in. I don't know why you lol'd well, immediately. Well, I was not ready for 
This is how we country. It's right here. Uh, 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 it's uh, right uh, here. Like from Step Brothers. Yeah. That's what I thought about immediately. Girl, it's I'm right here. Look. This is how we country. <laughs> how was how I supposed country. to say it? The only way I can say those words, like, this is how it's going to be. So you wanted me to say it like that? (laughs) No. Next time I'll say it like that. That's how I heard it. I'm sorry. I'm trying to see when we have that read again because I'm going to say it like that. You better not laugh. (laughs) Please don't. Oh, my gosh. Well, I didn't mean mean We're going to quickly pivot away from country. This is how we country. We're going to pivot back to uh, the Dallas Cowboys offense that uh, put up 27 points against the Tennessee Titans. Dak Prescott, 29 of 41, which we're going to get into. 29 of 41 for 282 yards, two touchdowns. Two interceptions, one of which was not his fault, but the other one was. I'm over him. And I. I <laughs> he's just I, having that year. Like he just he just he 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 like on a on a like a, a huge scale ranks it like ranks it like the bottom of the league ever. And how many interceptions he throwing. So this year is just like, yeah, it's going to happen. I'm yeah, like, it's just, a, here, here's what I don't like about it is that I'm not discrediting I'm not discrediting Dak's ability. I've said this over and over again on this podcast. I'm not discrediting his ability. I'm not discrediting the way he's played. I think he's been phenomenal when you think about everything else that's come into play. Uh, but the problem is, is now when you're facing a Dak Prescott, you are facing a quarterback that you can almost guarantee will throw at least one interception in a game. Yep. And I was talking to Nate Newton about this on Thursday. I always watch the game, the uh, away games with the guys in the studio. Uh, and I love it because I get so much insight from him and Nate and Isaiah and Barry and Kyle when he's in there too. And I was talking to Nate about it. And Nate said, I said this eight weeks ago when he came back and he was you know, getting back in the groove and the interception started happening. I, I said this eight weeks ago, you don't want to become that quarterback mm. that – is expected to throw interceptions because what starts happening is is now these guys are jumping you or now these guys are reading how you're reading and being able to to pick you off maybe a little bit easier because they know that at some point in the game you're going to throw an interception. And so I have said this time and time again on this podcast, Dak Prescott, if you're listening to me, please, please figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, like. Knock it off. (laughs) You know what's interesting is that that got me thinking. I went back. And I'm here on my favorite website. I just I always like to go back and, and reference things. 2016, Dak Prescott's rookie year, he had four interceptions, but then 2017 he had 13. That's only one less than what he has right now at 14. Um, another high interception rate, 2019 with 11, and then 2021 with 10. Something to note, though. Every single time Dak Prescott has had a playoff appearance, there's been at least one interception in those games. So it needs to stop, obviously. (laughs) But what also I think needs to improve to make it better, because it's one thing to say, oh, Dak, stop doing that. No, let's let's dissect it a little bit, because it's not fair to say all 14 of those were on Dak Prescott. We know that. We, we, We dissect that every week. I think silly mistakes need to stop happening as well, whether it's ball security, miscommunication, all of those things that we've been talking about for weeks. Those things need to be secured first and foremost. And then, yes, figure out what is going on with the ones that are Dak's fault. Um, you know, maybe misreading things, his eyes not being in the right spot, whatever the issue is, they forcing need, the ball into double coverage. It's correct. Decision, it's they, they need to lock down on what it is and and fix it. But just something to note there. I thought that was that was interesting. The twenty seventeen season, uh, he had thirteen interceptions. Right now he has fourteen. Yeah, I will say, uh, like I said, he's not a bad quarterback. Like I, yeah. I, I know that we know and most of the people 
in this industry know that Dak Prescott's not a bad quarterback. He's fifth in the NFC in passing uh, with 69.2 completion percentage. That's good for second in the NFL. And he's third in touchdown percentage in the NFL. So this is a guy who knows what he's doing. He's got 22 touchdowns this year, which is impressive given that he's done that in 11 games when the rest of these guys have had, you know, 17 games up until this point. So I think that that's it's really important to note. But uh, to me, and I will say this again and again and again, uh, TY over OBJ all day, every day. When you talk about wanting, the whole conversation surrounding OBJ was that we wanted to bring in a guy who was going to make an immediate impact. Mm-hmm. We wanted to bring in a guy who was going to have explosive play, who was going to be a difference maker, who was going to draw some of the coverage away from CeeDee Lamb, and you have to make a decision on where you're going to put your put your coverage. T.Y. Hilton oh, yeah. <laughs> has had five catches in a Dallas Cowboys uniform, three of which, I'm sorry, four of which have been for third down. No. Have been for third down in this last game alone, he had, in the first quarter, a third and five catch for seven yards. Second quarter, third and three, a catch for 12 yards. In the second quarter, again, first and 10, a three-yard catch didn't really matter. But in the third quarter, he had a third and 10 for 28 yards. I do not think that there is a player who understands the assignment more than what T.Y. Hilton does. And again, we're not surprised because he told us and he tells us every week, but I just don't know. It makes me, I want to be in the room when these guys in the front office are making these decisions. And I really want to know, like, did y'all know? Like, did y'all really, really, really know that T.Y. Hilton was going to come in here and be a difference maker like this? No, I wonder, like, I was listening to Jerry earlier and he was like, we jumped right on him as soon as we knew he was available. And I know there's probably other teams in the NFL that are kicking themselves because this T.Y. right here looked like, you know, his legs are fine. Like, he looks fine. Like, oh, T.Y. <laughs> and I think if a lot of teams thought that that's what they were getting, they might have taken the chance. Again, I don't know if the Cowboys just were the first one in and they, they figured it out. But he's been everything that you were really hoping for. Just, a, I think he's a steady addition to this offense. And I know that defenses are exhausted on what to do on exhausted. third down. Because, no, I'm just being honest with no, you. Yeah, because on third down, like, the Cowboys are already really efficient on third down. But to have the capability to be even more efficient now. And, you know, obviously CD is a third down monster as well. So mm-hmm. now you got two. Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult Um moving forward for teams to decide who they're going to roll coverage to and, and cover up in those situations. Going back to your, your comment about was it other teams not seeing the impact potential of T.Y. Hilton, was it that? Or was the other teams are just not built like the Dallas Cowboys to uh, create those kind of impact opportunities for T.Y.? Because really... This is a special team that he could come into the locker room, make an immediate impact. And you can't really say that for a lot of teams across the NFL who, for for the most part, have a pretty established wide receiver group. This is a special year for the Cowboys in that, you know, CeeDee Lamb stepped up to be that wide receiver one. You have Michael Gallup. Uh, you know, you have Noah Brown who who came to fruition this, uh, this season. But was it that or was, was this just the perfect landing spot for T.Y.? Possibly. To, to sit here and say, hey – I know I can make an impact here. And let me tell you why to, you know, the front office or whoever makes those decisions. Because it's not us. We don't have any say in any of that. Um, but I think. Wait, we it, don't. Are you sure? We don't. I'm uh, obviously. Contrary to what people believe. Uh, <laughs> obviously. Wait, we don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think T.Y.'s immediate impact has just been so felt. Mr. Third Down. I mean, my goodness. Good for him. And 
what I'm excited to see is kind of the long-term effect that the messages he's given to this wide receiver room have for years to come. And I say the same thing about Jason Peters um, and Tyler Smith with that long-term effect. You're looking 10 years down the road and Tyler Smith's saying, oh yeah, Jason Peters showed me that 10 years later. So that's Mm -hmm. what I'm excited to look forward to as far as T.Y. and the wide receivers. I agree. I think... You know, going into this Washington game, we obviously didn't talk a lot about it. We've got a couple more days to get into that matchup. But I think the most important thing for the Cowboys to focus on is the Cowboys. And I've said this a lot with Patrick Walker this season. The only team I think that can beat the Cowboys is the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. When you look back at all of the losses, all of the losses, they've had four. But when you look back at each one of those games and you think about what went wrong, Every single time it was decision-making or it was a mental error, as Dan Quinn mentioned uh, yesterday in his press conference, uh, that the Cowboys are facing. And so I am really hopeful that with a couple of guys coming back this week, next week, we didn't get a chance to talk about the offensive line very much, but that's going to be a very important part of the game with um, Tyler Biotish avoiding a serious injury, Matt Farniok being activated tomorrow, Tony Pollard will be back. You get a lot of these guys back who hopefully will kind of help the offense gel. And then for the playoffs, you know, we'll see Jonathan Hankins. The team is pretty confident that he comes back. You're happy that Nashawn Wright is stepping up in that cornerback spot. So I think there's a lot of positive things to look forward to. It's a matter of, I think, getting through this week. I know that... Uh, Mike McCarthy and a couple of the players have emphasized that this is not going to be a rest week for them. They're going to, you know, it's a playoff-like atmosphere. It's preparing them for the playoffs, so they see no benefit in taking it light. So we'll see how that works out and how that plays to the advantage of the team. Before we go, ladies, uh, we've talked about a lot, but I want to ask if there was one thing that you could fix if you had just a little button that you could click and you could say this will be perfect for the Dallas Cowboys team going into the playoffs where would you utilize that button oh barnacles I know I'm sorry I I, uh, I put y'all uh, on the spot I'm gonna go with the obvious answer in the interceptions and not obviously because yes turnovers will win games and they will cost you games as well but for Dak's confidence because I I just root for this guy to be the best version of himself to win to win these games, be the best leader you can be. And I want him to go into the rest of his this season, the rest of his career, feeling as confident as he can. And if that means taking the little maybe sound in his ear out of there talking about interceptions, just that. And for that reason, obviously, it would be nice to not see it, but more so for Dak's confidence and the rest of the team to be like, yeah, there you go. You know, that's yeah. mine. I'm going to go defense. Um, my one little change would just be barnacles um that the the change would be barnacles no 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 um it's a hard question i think i think if the cornerback two spot is short up it's gonna help you i feel like in these last three games however many games the big play has hurt you it is if you can negate the big play whatever that it's like one big passing play just one a game if you can mediate that this defense is going to look so much better statistically and just also threat-wise. So um, that's my thing is that the cornerback put two position is short up and that it's competitive and it's good. That's exactly what go. I was going to say. I was going to say if we could limit the big plays, that would be great because Mike McCarthy talks about how the teams that are successful in this league are the teams that are doing the big play, not giving up mm. the big play. Mm. Uh, so I'm with you right there. I would definitely shore up that cornerback spot. And I'd also like to see the run defense or the run, excuse me, the run offense. 
yes. getting back to yes. where it yes. is. I think you yes. missed Tony Pollard a lot, rightfully so. He needed a rest. He needed a break, just like we gave Zeke that break a couple of weeks ago. So I think you get that offense going. Malik Davis, I think, really showed out mm-hmm. uh, and, and showed that he is a capable running back three in there. So now you've got three potential running backs that can that can make that run offense work. So I'd love to see the one, two, possibly three punch get going. We didn't say offensive line. Yeah, but here's the thing about the offensive line is I, you want to fix it, but I, I don't think that that's necessarily the biggest problem on this. Yeah, it's not I think you've it's got a team full of pros who, yeah, you, you want your guys to play where they, where they want to play, right? Sure. But I'm not necessarily concerned in that area the way I'm concerned with the cornerback spot yeah. or the way that I'm concerned about the run defense, you know, like we were a couple weeks ago, or getting the pass rush back to where it is. I think that offensive line is full of veterans. We've said it time and time again. There's three potential Hall of Famers on that line. I'm good with it. Yeah, being able to <laughs> activate Farniak is just Farniak, if that's how I'm Farniak. saying it. But just being able to do that at this late in the season, there's teams <laughs> scrambling like right now. Cool is that how you say it? Farniak. <laughs> is it? Farniak, I think. Farniak, uh, Farniak. We'll ask tomorrow for clarification. Yeah. But, okay, I didn't want to mess it up. But, yeah, I just being able to elevate him at this time of year and just knowing that you have a guy dependable and just – like the depth is not always going to be perfect, but just having it there, you're right. Is like if they're capable, they're capable. We're going to have to get it done regardless. Everybody going through something right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody. 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 Ladies, as always, smart football talk. I missed hanging out with you guys. Hopefully, the next time I'm on here, I won't sound like a uh, broken record. But here we are. I love talking sports. Love talking Cowboys with you guys. As we get into the week, the Cowboys officially play on Sunday at 3:45 against the Commanders. We're going to get into that matchup tomorrow. But uh, thanks so much for being with us on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!